Luke chapter 4. This won't be my text, but I wanted you to read it. The title of my message is Simple Ultimatums. Simple Ultimatums. What's that word mean? Well, it's a final proposition. It's a condition or a demand. This is a truth. It's how it is. An ultimatum. Especially one, this is the definition, whose rejection will end negotiations. If you reject this, stop the train. It's over. And cause a resort to force or other retaliation. There's going to be consequences to not bowing and receiving and accepting these ultimatums. And they're very simple ultimatums. They're plain and they're concise. And it's this simplicity. And and, and mankind, it's so simple we understand what the Lord's talking about. And it's that simplicity and it's the fact that we do understand it. Our Our old nature, a natural man walking around, that we get mad because of the words of the Lord because we understand them. And we can, that anger can, trans, can manifest in a whole bunch of things. You read how to parent children. You read what, go read Proverbs. Well, now, well, now it could mean, <laughs> it means what it says. We don't like it. I, I know what the, what the Bible says. What I'm, the trial I'm going through right now, I, I give myself to the Word and I can explain everything about it. I can tell you, tell you what God says. I don't like that. You won't either. Natural man won't like it. Here's what the Word says. Take it up to God. Right? He's done it, and that's right. But we have an old nature. You have an old nature. Everybody out there, that's the only nature they have. Maybe it's people inside these four walls. But they're plain and concise, and we understand them. The Lord's opponents understood what He said. In most cases. There's a lot of things we don't understand, but there's a lot of things we do. Look here in Luke 4, verse 24. Luke 4, 24. Our Lord speaks here. And He says, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. In another place He says, a prophet's not without honor saving his own country and saving his own home. <laughs> Be a parent. I'm just dad. What do I know? <laughs> right? It's true. He goes, but I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the day of Elias, when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months, and great famine was throughout the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. The only one God sent his prophet to was to a Gentile lady. He's telling these Jews this, these Pharisees. And many lepers, verse 27, were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, save Naaman the Syrian. There's a whole mess of lepers in this physical nation of Israel. And he goes, I didn't heal one of them. God didn't send his prophet to one of them. He sent it to a Gentile, Naaman. And all they in the synagogue, what he's saying is, just because you're born into this, don't mean nothing. You have to be born to God. Just because I was born to a believing grandfather and believing parents, and I was raised underneath the gospel of one of the best preachers this generation's ever even heard of doesn't mean anything. It don't matter. That's what he's saying to them. The Lord said, I'll save who I will. And that made them mad. Look at verse 28. And all they in the synagogue, when they had heard these things, they were filled with wrath. 
Because they understood. They knew what he was talking about. They got it. And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him into the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. Let's kill him right now. That's how mad they was. Because they understood. They got it. And he walked right through them. They understood that. It was plain. Wasn't it? So many things we're not sure on. There's so many things that are mysterious. There's so many things in, this, in these scriptures that are confusing to our little tiny brains. And to focus on that, those things that we don't understand, is to pacify the mind and take the focus off the parts that are plain and simple that we can't understand. Most of y'all was here and experienced this. There was a man in this back room back here and, and he was putting the focus of everybody on conspiracy theories and promoting numerology and eschatology and all this other stuff and being insulting to the Lord's sheep and I wouldn't stand for it. I popped on him. And I said, "That's that, all you're doing is taking focus. This is a pacifier with no milk in it. It's a pacifier to keep you busy and occupied so you don't know that you offended a holy God. And you need a righteousness and you can't produce one. That's true. That's plain. That's simple. And that's the last time I saw that man. Because he has his own righteousness. And he's got his own deep thinking things he's got to concentrate on. We're enemies outside of his son. We're enemies of God apart from his son. You tell me what else matters. Does what's floating up in that sky matter? Does what's happening up there in Sacramento matter? Does what's happening in these local governments matter? You tell me something more important than us having a, the righteousness of God in Christ. That's a need. We need it, don't we? There in the Scriptures, what about dinosaurs and behemoths and leviathans? Who cares? We need a substitute. Unicorns. What about the unicorns? That's not important. We need a place prepared for us, a place of, of reconciliation before God. Where did Cain's wife come from? I need to be the bride of Christ. You get that? How did Nebuchadnezzar, he, he looked inside that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast into that furnace, and he said, I see four. Doesn't he? he said, that one has the form of the Son of God. He said, that one looks like Jesus Christ. How did he know what he looked like? You ever wondered that? I've wondered that since I was a little tiny kid. How did he know? They could have told him about the Lord Jesus Christ. How did he know what he looked like? He did. I need to see him as my willing substitute. Them three was cast in the fire. He showed up there by himself. I don't need to know how he knew that. I need to know him. I need to know the Lord. The day the Lord comes back. We need the one that is coming back right now. That's what we need. It's inconsequential when the Lord comes. That's His business. I need Him with me right now. I want to keep it simple. A few points. Except power be given. All powers of God. A double L. These lights are on because of God. I can raise my hand up because the Lord gave me power to do that. A fly lands on somebody because God gave that fly power to do something. Uh, Saturn turns and hits orbit or whatever. The Lord did it. It's His power. All power comes from Him. From the ant to the president to whatever. He did it. It's His power. Except the Father draws a sinner to Christ, you're going to die. We can't come to Him. We won't come to Him. Except He draws a man. 
except you repent. God has all power. If He don't save you, you ain't going to be saved. And unless you repent, that's what King Nebuchadnezzar did. He said, Blessed is the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who hath sent His angel and delivered His servants that trusted in Him. He's just talking about their God, isn't he? And have changed the king's words. That's Daniel 3.28. I said this is all going to happen and the Lord changed my words. That ain't what happened. He, he was beginning, the Lord was turning him from himself to Christ. You're going to turn from them old idols and them old ways and that old fellowship and that old religion and that old whatever to Him. Except you repent. Except He's got all power. Except the Father draws, draws a sinner to Christ. Except you repent. Except your righteousness exceed the scribes and the Pharisees. What's that mean? Except there's a righteousness we can't even explain and you ain't never seen with your eyes of flesh. You're going to have to have a righteousness that's better than that. Except the seed fall on the ground. That's how. How's all that's going to happen? Except a seed fall under the ground and die. Then it'll bring forth much fruit. Then somebody's going to be given life and they're going to wake up and they're going to say, He has all the power. He drew me. That's turning from self to Him. He's on my righteousness. Because He did it. Hmm. John 19. I'll show you how I got here. <laughs> John 19. Verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged Him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on His head. And they put, him, put on Him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote Him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth and saith unto them, Behold, I bring Him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in Him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and saith unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Ye take him, take ye him, you do it. You go crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law. And by our law, he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. I'll look at this next week, Lord willing. There's, there's some hours that took place. There's some contemplation. Some teeth sucking, some considering. I think this, is, this might be God sitting here. And went again into the judgment hall. He wasn't there yet. <laughs> went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Tell me who you are. Then pride comes in. Verse 10. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have the power to crucify thee? And have the power to release thee? Don't you know who I am? That's what Nebuchadnezzar said to those three Hebrew children. They said, I'm going to throw you in that fire. Uh, and who's the God that's going to get you out of my hands? <laughs> Lord revealed himself in Nebuchadnezzar about eight years later. <laughs> Paul said the same thing. Every one of us said the same thing. You know who I am? Who are you? 
And Jesus answered, verse 11, Thou couldst have no power. You got power? Okay. Thou couldst have no power. At all is in italics and I like it. At all. Against me, except the only way you have power to take your next breath. Except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater sin. Except it were given from above. Except power be given. Who are we dealing with? Who's Pilate dealing with? Who are you dealing with? Who am I dealing with? This ain't governments and this ain't... That stuff don't matter all of a sudden. We're sinners in the hand of an angry God. Who are we dealing with? This is the one that has all the power. Power comes from Him. This is the one that is all wise. He is wisdom. All faith comes from Him. People yakety yakking about faith they don't know nothing of it because He's the one that's faithful. It's His faith He gives to us. It's a gift. Originated there. His power gives it to us. This is God. If there's another power of anything you can imagine, friction, uh, centrifugal force, if there's something that He isn't the God of, He ain't God. And you think you was in trouble before? We're in a mess. He is. He said there is no power. You have no power except they were given from the above. The Lord gives all power to all things at all times to perform His will and His purpose for the good of His people and for His glory. That's as plain as it gets. He has all power. Natural man don't like that. We have an old nature in us that don't like it because I want to put my hand to it and I want to try to do something. And I keep getting hurdle and hurdle and hurdle and hurdle and I think I'm being diligent for the gospel's sake. <laughs> or I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's one of the two, isn't it? Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 2. Let's turn a little bit this evening. 1 Samuel chapter 2. If you get the kings, turn to the left. First Samuel chapter two. <clears throat> Verse one. This is Hannah's prayer. Samuel's mother. Verse Samuel two one. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth, rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. I rejoice in your Christ. What Simeon saw. There is none holy as the Lord. For there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken. They that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread. And they that were hungry ceased. So that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children was waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. And that's what he said. He's Jeremiah. He said, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. He, the Lord is the one that forms children in the womb. 
Paul said, the one that separated me from my mother's womb. He's the one that determines when a child's born. He's the one that walks in their steps. And, and if they become a king, he turns their heart like a river. Wheresoever we will. And he's the one that appointed the time for that to stop. That's power. That's power. We have nothing except he gives it from above. The Lord killeth, verse 6, and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. He maketh poor and maketh rich. In, in a person's life, if they have money, they don't have money. This is physical too, right? If, if you have something, the Lord did that. We had a president a couple years ago, people did backflips because he said, if you got a business, you didn't build that. That's right. If you know God, that's right. You didn't. He did it. <laughs> you had the power to do that. He did it. I pay my bills. No, I don't. He <laughs> gives me the power to pay my bills. That's what James said. Don't say we're going to go in this city and we're going to do this for a year. That. He said, you say if the Lord wills, you'll do it. He maketh poor and he maketh rich. And that's, that's physical. But that's spiritual. He allows us to be poor if we're poor. And he makes us rich in Christ. He's the one that does that. He makes you rich in Christ. You'll get work and you'll start going to work in the morning. You'll work hard for the people you work for. <laughs> you'll be nice to those that He put in power over you. And, and those... <laughs> I'll get to it in a second. Those that are put over us, they, He gives that power to. He bringeth low and lifteth up. That, that's the richest in all things. The abilities we have to, to sing or to play music or to do math or run a business or, or to be a good employee, whatever it is, to understand things, to have knowledge and then have understanding of that knowledge, whatever it is. He did that. That's not changed. Paul said, Who maketh thee to differ from another? What hast thou that thou didst not receive? And now if you've received it, why are you glory like you made it up by yourself? Except all power come from Him. Verse 8, He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill and set them among princes and to make them inherit the thrones of glory. He does all this. We understand all those things, don't we? That's plain. Who did it? The Lord did it. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and He hath set the world upon them. Fools get wrapped up in a couple words that we cannot see fully. We see through a glass dimly. And they ignore all the things they plainly can't see. It's not necessarily what is done or how it's done. It's who has done it. I want to know Him. I'll figure that out later. That's what's necessary. Walk in the light we are given. Lord, may be pleased to give us more light. Surely if He gave us life, we'll grow, won't we? Might be a little bit, but surely we'll grow in something. Be thankful for that. Lord told Jeremiah, He said, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness. I'm merciful. I exercise judgment. I'll by no means clearly guilty and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Don't you want to delight in the things that your Lord delights in? Or do you want to delight in the things in you don't understand? I want to understand and know Him. He says so. I want to. Verse 9, He will keep the feet of His saints. How are we going to be preserved? <laughs> he will keep the feet of His saints. And the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for the by strength shall no man prevail. 
The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth. And he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Boy. That poor little girl Hannah. Don't you wish you could pray like she prayed? <laughs> you wish you could enter into the understanding God gave her? How many sermons do you think she preached out of? I preached out of it twice. Once was here. <laughs> Who are we dealing with? Who's mankind walking up down these streets ignorant of? Who are they, who are they going to be dealing with? Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above, Pilate. Nebuchadnezzar and the kings that have yet to meet him. Nothing else could have power either. I've thought about the highway patrol past a few of them today and uh, had a lot of driving to do. And I thought, It's protect and serve, right? What if on the side of every highway patrol car they put God's servants to minister unto us for our good? Would that be right? That's what the Word of God says in Romans 13, doesn't it? We need to be aware of these things. My pastor said it about CB radios a long time ago when that was a popular thing. And he said, we'll make everybody mad. He said, people on, and truck drivers on CB radios said, hey, there's a cop down there. Y'all need to slow down. He said, that's evil and that's against God's servants that sit there for your good. You're sinning against the Holy God. That's so, isn't it? We're training our children up to break the law when the law ain't around. Well, there's a holy law of God that we're going to face one day. Apart from His Son. All powers from Him. What are them other ultimatums? I've got to keep going. I'll go through them quick, I promise. The Lord said, Except, Matthew 18, Except ye be converted and become as a little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. We're going to have to be humbled and our big old headedness, because we, like teenagers, I know, I know, I know. You have to not know. You have to be a little child that's dependent on their father. He said, Except you be converted. Turn to John 6. We have to understand these things. The Lord has to give us understanding. Nicodemus came to the Lord by night. and He understood what the Lord said about the world. He said, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, Nicodemus. He said, He so loved Gentiles. What are you talking about? <laughs> he understood, didn't he? That rich young ruler, he came to the Lord. He understood. Simple ultimatums. That's simple truths. The Lord said, He looked on him and said, one thing thou lackest. You understand this law stuff, but go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up thy cross, and follow me. You go where I go, you, you come with me. You're a sheep. Follow the shepherd. Let's go. And he was sad, that rich young ruler was, at that saying, and went away grieved. Why would he be grieved? He understood what the Lord said. Total commitment, for he had great possessions. Except power be given, you got John six, and except the Father draws a sinner to to Christ. John six forty one. The Jews then murmured at him. John six forty one. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then written? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto him, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. 
How are we going to come to this one that has all the power? The Father's going to have to draw you. You can't do it, and you won't do it. You don't want nothing to do with God, and He has to come to you and save you. You don't have to go save Him. He has to draw us. How do we come to Christ? He said everyone that's taught of God, He's going to teach all of them, and He's learned of the Father, they're going to come unto Me. What is it to come to Christ? That's to believe Him. Not believe in Him like Him demons do and everything else that Satan does. To believe Him. That's what He said. He said, except to be given from above, you ain't going to have no power. That's so. Well, now I think, well then you don't believe Him. You believe you. To come to Christ is to believe Him. To come to Christ is to trust Him. I don't know if it was any good for you all. That was good for me. I needed that last weekend. He's for me. I walk through that door. <laughs> I walk through a field of bullets. I don't care. He's for me. Nothing else matters. It's fine. That thorn in the flesh. That means Paul was hurting in his flesh. It's like a thorn being stuck in him and it wouldn't go away. The Lord put it there so he could give him faith. His grace could be in him and sustain him. We have to trust him. I want to trust him. And that's daily. I believe his work today. I'm going to trust Him today. And to come to Christ is to know Him and love Him. Know and understand. Ah, right, buddy, we, I, okay, I know what He's doing. I can't tell you in great detail. I don't have all the theological examinations everybody else has. And, but I, I know Him, and I know He's saving His people. And whatever power is going on, He did that. <laughs> whatever didn't happen, He was pleased for it not to happen. And to need Him. Do you need Him? This one that has all power, this one that draws every one of his sheep to himself, do you need him? Or is this a tickle of the ears? It's just an interesting doctrine we happen to stumble upon and we're right now. No. Come to him. Come to him. Accept the Father which has sent me draw him. Nobody else can. And those that he draws, they will be raised up at the last day. I don't know what that's going to be like. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to happen. We have to be given a new life by the all-powerful God to come to Christ. A new heart, a new mind, and a new king. That's who it comes from. This wasn't so simple, but it's just as true. I won't have you turn there, but that Nicodemus came to the Lord by night physically. He physically came to the Lord. That rich young ruler physically came to the Lord. That didn't mean nothing. There's a lot of people that physically sit in pews and listen to the gospel. That don't mean nothing. We've come to him in the heart. Lord said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you know what the kingdom of God is? Unless you're born again, you don't even know. It's Christ and His body. It's His church, wherever He is. That's heaven, isn't it? You can't see that unless the Lord gives you new life. And He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Nicodemus didn't get that. He said, What are you talking about? i got to be born again? Go back to my mother's womb, and the Lord said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You ain't going to know what it is, and you ain't going to go there unless I do the work. My power, I draw you. Understandable ultimatum. Simple ultimatum. Except power be given, except the Father draw sinners to Christ, and except you repent. We're going to repent. Anyway, turn over to Luke 13. Luke 13. 
This here will be concerning us. I've told you before, there's five types of repentance recorded, or five meanings of the word in the Scriptures, but this is the turning. This is us. How it affects us. Luke 13, verse 1. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering and said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? Do you think they're worse off? I tell you nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You're going to have to repent. The Lord said, Except ye repent. That's plain. Except ye turn. He says it twice. Verse 4, Or those eighteen upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? You think somebody's a bigger sinner than you? Nay, I tell you nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Unless you're the biggest sinner and you turn from yourself to God and take sides with Him against you, you're going to perish in your sins. Unless you're the chief of sinners. What's that repentance? The best definition I've ever heard of repentance. I love it. I committed it to memory. And I've traced it back to a guy quoting it at Princeton in the 1700s. And he didn't even say who he quoted it from. He said, I heard somebody else say this. It's, it's good enough not to have a name attached to it. I'll take it. Repentance concerning us. Out of those five meanings of the word, what, what we do. Repentance is the pilgrimage from the mind of the flesh to the mind of Christ. The pilgrimage. The journey. It's got a beginning, it has a continuance, it has an end, a culmination. It's the pilgrimage from the mind of the flesh. That's me, the way I think things. My way, my thoughts, my doing. Why I know to bowing to the Holy God that has all power and draws me into it. Turning from those idols. Turning from that fellowship we used to have with people that that was in that boat back then. Turn from that boat. Burn your ships. Do everything. Go to Him. Turn yourself over lock, stock, and barrel. Religion's ruined it. It's so. Give your heart to, to, to Christ. And if He gave you the heart, you'll give it right back to Him. It's yours. <laughs> you will. You know what repentance does? That comes from a new master. There's three M's. I love it. A new master gives a new mind, and then you have new manners. A new master gives a new mind, and you have new manners. You've got a new way of going about things. I tip the lady. That dry cleans my clothes the other day. I wish I'd tipped that propane guy. He come out on a Saturday. That's the the Christian thing, as people say. That's a Christian thing to do. I went to get my clothes. It's twenty eight dollars and ninety cents. I paid her, and she went to count the change back. And I said, "It's fine. You can keep the dollar and ten cents. We're fine." She really appreciated that, and I've done that before. And because she, she got my clothes ready quick. And she don't get on to me when I did And we had Jaylee's jacket worked on or Letterman's jacket. It was super cheap. I'd have paid ten times that amount. I thought it was really cheap. I said, not keep it. She said, why are you so gracious? I said, because my God's gracious. That's been a lot in the community. The Lord tells us in Revelation 2, He said, do you repent from you and go back to your first lover? I'll take your candlestick away. He says that. Turn to how can you keep if you put a new heart in you, how can you keep from turning to him? <laughs> That's instinct. That's called the nature. Can't keep from it, huh? Matthew five, 
We have to have a righteousness that exceeds the scribes and Pharisees. I'll hurry for you. Matthew 5.20 says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. When the all-powerful Lord of hosts gives us life, when He draws us to Christ, when He, he gives us a heart to turn from our ways, our thoughts, our religions, you fill in the blank, and to turn to Christ, we see Him as the person as our righteousness. He's made into His wisdom, righteousness. It's not something to do. It's not the outside of the cup. He's everything. It's Him. It's Him. We need to come to Him because He's our righteousness. That's the first thing pictured in Genesis 3.21, wasn't it? After that fall, said unto Adam and his wife, did the Lord make coats of skin and clothe them. It's His and He put it on them. It has to be from Him and He has to put it on me. I have to be made one with the Son. This must be our life in totality. We must be consumed by Him and of Him. He says in John 6.53, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. You have no life in you. That's a hard saying. Who can? No, it ain't hard. It's easy. You just don't like it. you got to turn yourself over lock, stock, and barrel to it. I'll read something from my pastor. He's, he's got this years ago as a young man that had embraced communism. And I sent it to you on an email before you all showed up. And everything he did, he talked about communism. That's the only thing that ever came out of his mouth was communism. And so Henry took this statement this man made, and he took the word communism out and put in Christ everywhere communism was. I wish I had this dedication. There is one thing about which I am in total agreement, and that is the cause of of Christ Jesus, of communism. That's what he said. Now from here on, I won't say it. He is my life. The hold which Christ has on me grows, not lessens, as time goes by. I cannot carry on a friendship, I can't carry on a business, nor a conversation very long without relating it to Christ. I evaluate people by their attitude toward Christ. I judge books, ideas, and actions by their attitudes toward Christ. I'm ready to live for Christ or ready to die for Christ. That man's committed to communism, wasn't it? I want that commit, commitment to the, the all-powerful God that drew me to His Son. That is my righteousness. Except you, you eat His flesh and drink His blood, unless you make one with Him, I want to be one with Him. What's that mean? I don't know, but I want it. Don't you? I kept one with the issue of blood. I said, get out of here. You can't touch nobody. She said, he, that's God and I'm going to touch Him. And then I'll be alright. She got her fingers stepped on. She got kicked in the head. She got the hem of that garment. She's fine, won't she? We get a hold of Him, we'll be fine. All this is going to be just. All this is going to be holy. Because He provided Himself as the Lamb. He's our offering. Isn't that simple? He has all the power. He draws His people to Him. He, we have to, he makes us repent. You turn from all that junk. You turn to Him. He said, leave all your stuff. That's what Joseph told him, right? Leave your stuff. You turn from the stuff to Him, the Savior, and accept the seed fall on the ground. John 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Son of man must be lifted up. He that loveth his life shall lose it. 
And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. You go where I go. Why? I just can't leave this place. Well, die and go to hell with this place. His people go. That's what Brother Paul said down in Arkansas. The lady was talking about her husband. She said, well, I just I can't leave my husband. He said, he can go to hell all by himself. You go to where the gospel is. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. One. Knit together. He said, Lo, I'm with you always. I'm for you always. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. How are we going to do that? Uh, he's going to have to have the power. He's going to draw me to him. He's going to make me repent from all this other garbage to him. He's going to be my righteousness. <laughs> that ain't complicated. People just want a hand in it. And they want their knowledge and their understanding stuck in there, don't they? How will he sustain us? That's nice, but this got to keep going. What if I lose my mind? I heard a fellow say one time, Bob, he said, I remember the Lord saved me. I said, I'll never forget it. You might. He won't forget you. That's what matters. We don't matter. He does. His thoughts towards us. How are we going to sustain? The Lord gave a command in John 15 4. He said, Abide in me and I in you. Done. <laughs> period. There's a period at the end of that. It's going to happen. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. How's the, how in the world does a, a branch stay connected to the vine? Well, the vine holds it. The wind blows that branch. It flops. But where that vine's got a hold of that branch, that's what keeps it. He has to keep us. He has all the power. He draws us to Him. We repent. We are turned from ourselves to Him. This righteousness is a person. And all that's holy and just because He died and rose again. Except that corn of wheat fell. Hmm. That's who Pilate was dealing with. That's who Nebuchadnezzar was dealing with. That's who everybody the Lord comes to and draws to Himself and His power. That's who you're dealing with. That's who everybody else that He doesn't is going to deal with. I want. To, I would that all men would be saved. Would you? What about your loved ones? You got kids. You all got kids. You got a wife and a brothers and sisters, and you got stuff. People we know and friends and co-workers and all that. I want them to know Christ. I asked the Lord to give me a heart for, for people just walking up and down this world that didn't care about Him they cared about this world. So Lord, give me a heart to pray for them. And He did. And I weep sometimes seeing just countless cars going by just ignorant. And I want to tell them. If there's a big hole that's 300 feet deep back here and the cars are lined up and they're going off that cliff one at a time, wouldn't you run out there? And, well, that's a good Samaritan. <laughs> I want to be, yeah. Why don't I tell them? I want to give all i got to tell somebody. Because He's for us. He's for us. Then. Let's pray. Father, forgive us. Lord, we believe You've given that. That needs no polishing. It needs no, no thing. That's a gift from You. Lord, we need help with our unbelief. This old man that's in us, turn us from ourselves to Christ. In Your power, repent us. Show us He's our righteousness, Lord, and make us cling to Him. Make Him more needful than our daily bread and our daily water and the air that we breathe. 
because He is. Thank You for revealing Yourself to a people. Thank You for revealing Yourself to me, Lord. Give me this knowledge and understanding of who You are and what You've done through Your Son for Your people. What a God. Thank You, Lord. Be with Your saints everywhere. And it's because of that seed that willingly gave up His life for us. Amen.